Welcome to the Instructor Skip Bag, a podcast for all educators, based out of Army Logistics University at Fort Lee, Virginia. This episode is going to be a little bit different. In episode three and episode four, we talked about Bloom's taxonomy, and we talked about the cognitive, affective, and psychomotor domains and how those applied with Bloom's taxonomy and what that meant overall within course development and lesson plans and even slightly with assessments. Now, talking about all that, we have a big question. Now what? This question needs to be answered in multiple ways, and in order to do that, I've enlisted the help of an instructor and a training developer to aid me on this. For the instructor, I have here Kraus Johnson. Hello. And for a training developer, I have Tracy Campbell. Hello. And the way we're going to talk about uh, Bloom's Taxonomy and what we do is we're going to look at it from a training developer standpoint, an instructor standpoint, and what to do with it from the perspective of a former public school teacher. With these three perspectives, let's dive right into it because there's a lot to talk about and I don't want to take nine hours to do this. This is one of those things where you can really talk about this for a while. And the three of us are known as talkers. So let's get right into it. Training development. What does Bloom's taxonomy mean in the training development or curriculum development? In the Army, we use the Bloom's as a framework to scaffold the terminal learning objectives and the learning step activities. The terminal learning objective is what we want the soldier to be able to accomplish by the end of the training. That would be our highest level in Blooms. The learning step activity is what we use to get them to reach that terminal learning objective. So if we want them to apply, they first need to be able to understand and they need to be able to describe. So with un- apply being a C3, understand a C2, and then describing a C1, we would start them off by describing what we have, then having them understand more about it, and then they'll be able to apply what, the, what they've learned. So in this case, a course could have multiple TLOs, or terminal learning objectives. And then under the terminal learning objectives, you would have LSAs or learning step activities to support what you want that terminal learning objective to be. Yes, that's exactly how it would go. You would, you would use it to build up, or if you look at it in reverse, break, break it down. And with the Army, we stay at a C3. The most used domains for us in the Army would be the cognitive and the psychomotor. The effective comes into play, but not nearly as often. And a lot of times the effective domain can be a byproduct of what's being taught anyways. Yes, it's already in there with what they're learning. As a developer, when you're discussing these terminal learning objectives and how they're broken down into the learning step activities, we discussed in episode three and episode four before where uh, you build upon that. So you take lower levels, uh, C1, C2s, uh, to eventually build up to the level of a C3, if that, if that is your end goal. Now, in public school system, I'm a former public school teacher, so we have SOLs, Standards of Learning, our Virginia SOLs. So I took a standard World History 1 dot, 5C, so that I could show what that would look like because uh, the, the standards of learning are not built the way Army has theirs built in using Bloom's taxonomy. In this case, the student will apply social science skills to understand ancient Greece in terms of its impact on Western civilization by C, describing the cultural development of Athens and Sparta with emphasis on the significance of citizenship and the development of democracy. So they're not saying that, but that would be the terminal learning objective, right? Yes. Okay. There's several verbs happening right here. So from a developer standpoint, a TLO, how does that break down to how would you, 
How is a TLO worded? So for a developer, a TLO would be built with only one verb. There's not multiple verbs, it's simply one. And if you need them to do more than one thing, then you would need to do more than one TLO. It would be the action they're gonna do, the object that they're applying the action to, and then a qualifier. So in this case, just the standard alone has student will apply, that's one verb, to understand, another verb, and then describing the cultural development, another verb. So you've got three already in one TLO, so on the Army side of things, that that's a no-go. Correct. So you need one verb, and then Correct. you would have another TLO if you needed to go further? Yes, or you would, you would break it down into LSAs to build up to that. For us, the understand would be a lower verb than the apply, so that they would have to build up to that. Build up to apply. Yes, build up to apply. So they would, they would use the understand during an LSA. Now it's important to note, the verbs in Bloom themselves, for example, describe, can be a C1 or a C2 even, or even a C5. As an instructor, what do you base that level on? Well, as an instructor, you know, first initially, you will have to look at the POI, the Program of Instruction, which lays out everything about the course that the individual ought to teach as an instructor. So initially, looking at the POI, come in and see what is required from the instructor or myself, if I'm the one that's teaching, what cognitive level that the Program of Instruction has been set at now it's time for me to go in as an instructor and actually deliver the course as designed. And by doing so, it's not too much effort or work on the instructor, more so just following the instruction and delivering the process. And as a public school teacher, depending on your target audience, this may be where you want to change, even an instructor side, change the sort of level of what you're trying to teach. Well, because of the programming instructions already laid out for us, what the cognitive level that it should be, sometimes you may have an audience where it may be a little bit more advanced than where it's set at. Say, for example, it may be set at the uh, C3, the verbs that are used, in, which is the apply. But then you may have an audience that is more seasoned or experienced where you want them to analyze the information. So it may have to go to a C4. And even though it's not called for that, but I want to make it a little bit more rigorous and challenging to keep the audience's attention. So I may just challenge them that way by giving them additional activities or something to allow them to think more about what is being presented. Okay, and on the public school side, this is where I could take the standard of, let's hypothetically say we're going with describing the cultural development. If I have a class if I want to set it at C1 or C2, but I have a class that is very advanced, um, either an honors class or just a target audience where they're just on it. Now, it's easier for me as a public school teacher within my own classroom to say, you know what, I'm going to make this a C5, and how would, how would everything uh, change with that? How can I get more in-depth with things? So that's possible something for public school. So going back to the standard of learning for Virginia, you have the standard, which is describing the culture development of Athens and Sparta. Underneath, you have essential understandings, again with more verbs, and then an essential knowledge. And this is sort of what the standard learning wants you to cover. In this case, it's citizenship and the Greek polis, Athens itself, Sparta. So I consider those LSAs, learning step activities, and I even started to consider essential understandings as an LSA. But if I set this at a C5 or even a C4, let's say instead of describe the cultural development of Athens and Sparta, I want to examine or compare and contrast or analyze. If I make that a C4, then my LSA's citizenship in the Greek polis, a C2, I can classify citizenship. Mm -hmm. Athens, 
could be an outline, which would be a C2, that's the verb. And then for Sparta, explain uh, reasons for Spartan culture. Uh, that could be a C2. So I have C2 plus C2 plus C2, but then how's that getting me to a C4? So what I did is I actually added an LSA, which is C4, because correct me if I'm wrong, but in developing, an LSA can be the same or lower for a TLO. Correct. Okay. It cannot be higher than the TLO. Okay. So in this case, it would be a C4 where I'm now comparing and contrasting Athens and Sparta. Mm -hmm. Now that did require me to add something in so I could get to the student either comparing and contrasting, analyzing, or examining the cultural development between the two city-states. So it's interesting that in the Army, they have it set up where Bloom's taxonomy is the framework and you can easily use it, easily plug it in with a verb, object, and some sort of qualifier if you need it. Whereas in the public school systems, you can do something like that, but it's a little bit tougher to do. You have to really know Bloom's taxonomy and what you're trying to accomplish, which goes back to learning objectives and organizing those objectives. I will say this, finding the right verbs for Bloom's taxonomy Checking the internet, there's a lot of ways to find what verbs go with cognitive domain, the affected domain, psychomotor domain. There's no real, it doesn't seem like there seems to be a standard, but in the United States Army, there is a standard. There's a standard that is actually the TRADOC approved verb list, and that is actually found on our training and education developers toolbox, the TED-T, under Army University. Those are the only verbs that we're allowed to actually use in developing. So earlier I talked about describing. Describing is actually not one of the approved verbs. It would be something more like explaining. So you would build up from that, but you must use what's on the TRADOC approved verb list. And unless a public school system has sort of what they use, I don't imagine they're really checking to your lesson plans to make sure they hit all these things, but very much in the Army, they do. They do check the lesson plans to make sure it's in a, in a sort of framework and it's, it's scaffold that way. Yes, it is standardized and it kind of keeps in line with everything else. But like I said, as an instructor, most of the things are already outlined. The standard verb list, we do not have to worry too much about that because once the course is developed by the developers, we pretty much just execute and deliver the course. Once it's developed, mm -hmm. it actually goes up for approval. Mm -hmm. Everything goes through a process of being approved. It's actually not just we pick this and they assume it's on the list. So once it goes up to Army University and they approve it, then that's actually how the program of instruction is put out. In episode three and episode four, where we talked about Bloom's taxonomy and the hierarchy structure and how, it, how you can build towards something else. And you can do this either in public schools, but it, it's a necessity within the United States Army because the TLOs, the LSAs, everything's are structured for that. So how important do you think Bloom's taxonomy is for this? And do you agree with the fact that in the United States Army, that's what has to be done? For me, I would definitely agree with it. As a developer, it makes my job and all the other developer job easier. We're able to see what our end goal is for the TLO and then use our LSAs to work up to that goal. And doing that allows us to ensure that the soldier was able to achieve each level. Because if you have a soldier that can't achieve a C2, you can't expect them to reach a C4. You need to make sure that they they have the training to finish this understanding or, or the C2 level and work their way up to the C4 level so that they'll be successful. Well, as an instructor, I think it is very important because it, it gives us a starting point. It makes things much more easier and simpler for the instructor to deliver the course as well as stay on track and knowing what the objective is and what the outcome, what the student needs to learn. So I definitely think that it is important that we have these different levels. I agree that it's important that we have these levels because 
when you have someone teaching, if everybody's not geared towards the same outcome, you could have multiple instructors heading multiple different ways and you have no way to measure whether the student actually achieved the uh, objective or the, the learning outcome. The, yeah, the outcome. Mm -hmm. Krauss, is there some way that we measure it within the United States military? There are many methods that we use, but the one in particular that the Army uses is the SMART method. SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant or realistic, and time-bound. Now, when we're saying specific, it is that the goal should be clear and specific. Otherwise, you won't be able to focus on your efforts or feel truly motivated to achieve it. And it is somewhat of the what, the why, the who, where, or the which. And then when we talk about measurable, it is very important to have a, um, something that is measurable or a measurable goal. How will I know when it is accomplished? So that's when we're talking measurable. Now, for us, achievable needs to be realistic and attainable to be successful. Then there's the relevant and that it is also aligned with other relevant goals. And then finally, time bound. And that could be something simple like, um, how long is this lesson plan going to take? Because you're going to be time bound by when the assessment is, the end of the course, especially as teachers can't tell you how many times fire drills ruined something and it only affected one class out of five that day. So that's something to definitely keep in mind, that time bound. Now that we've talked about how to use this within various settings, I guess the public school and the United States Army, whether you decide to go the TLO route or how to take a standards of learning and how to organize that and organize objectives, I do see Blooms as a framework, a scaffolding, an organizing of thoughts, not necessarily something you have to do, except in the U.S. Army, <laughs> but something that is going to be so helpful in, again, that organization and where to place this and it helps with pacing and it helps trying to hit the target audience, whatever students you have at that year, that class, that month, that whatever. Is there anything else you want to add about Bloom's Taxonomy from your perspective, Tracy, as a developer or Krauss, you as an instructor? As a developer, I think it's important to look at Bloom's not only as how we use it to scaffold, but also um, it gives us the ability to diversify. So when we're looking through what we want to include in our courses, we're able to see, okay, we have, you know, three LSAs that are cognitive. We may need an LSA that is psychomotor and something that kind of covers the effective a little bit. And in doing that, we're also able to diversify for student engagement. And like I said, it can be as simple as just adding a, a different activity. Basically, Blooms helps encourage the students from an instructor perspective so that once the instruction is given and we understand at the end of the instruction, after we do the assessment, that the objective is met. So I think it's highly important that we, we have Blooms. So in a really basic nutshell, this is how you can use Bloom's taxonomy in your classroom to develop a lesson plan, to teach a lesson plan, and hopefully whoever's listening to this can really take what we're saying and, and, and see what we're trying to go with it, especially from a developer's standpoint, from an instructor's standpoint. In many cases, as a public school teacher, you're both. You're both a developer and an instructor. But it also could be something that where you have to follow certain guidelines within your department, within uh, the school system itself. So just something to think about and using the standards of learning that way as well. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Instructor's Kit Bag, a podcast for all educators based out of Fort Lee, Virginia. And thank you to my co-host, Krauss Johnson. Thank you. And Tracy Campbell. Thank you. We will catch you next time with another episode on what to do with assessments. <laughs>